A little big yawn. <laughs> That's a big kuma girl yawn. Why you're not letting me actually yawn? I didn't know that was going to mess you up. Hey, Alyssa. Hey, Sam. Are you ready? Fire away. Okay. <laughs> Stuck at the office or traffic jam. Time to take it easy with Alyssa and Sam. Is that show you know? A pro. So, today. You know I'm a big fan of my man, Dr. Phil. Mm, I love him. The, the love has truly run deep for many a year. It really has. I was reading this thing. Actually, I was listening to Dr. Phil's podcast. And he had talked about on this one podcast that like by age, whatever, I can't remember what the age was, um, every person will have three types of external factors that lead to like who, who you become kind of thing. Um, and he says there's like 10 defining moments, which in every person's life, there have been moments both positive and negative that have defined and redefined who you are. These events uh, entered your consciousness with such power that they changed the very core of who and what you thought you were. Um, a part of you was changed by those events and caused you to define yourself to some degree by your experience of that event. Seven critical choices. And then he says there's a surprisingly small number of choices that rise to the level of life-changing ones. Critical choices are those that have changed your life positively or negatively and are major factors in determining who and what you will become. They are the choices that have affected your life up to today and have set you on a path. Five pivotal people... These are the people who have left indelible impressions on your concept of self and therefore the life you live. They may be family members, friends, or coworkers, and their influences can be either positive or negative. They are people who determine whether you live consistently with your authentic self or instead live a counterfeit life controlled by a fictional self that has crowded out who you really are. Oh, God, imposter syndrome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Where are you reading that from? Uh, on drphil.com. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a very uh, legit resource. Okay. Um, <laughs> 10 is a little iffy, and I'm pretty sure that he said, like, by age 40 or something. No, oh, okay. we're, like, 26. Let's cut it in half. So I'm 25. How dare you? Okay, you're getting there. <laughs> Just you wait. You'll be joining the likes of my kind <laughs> in no time. Um, so I think let's do five defining moments. Okay. We're doing this. We're doing this now. Oh, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to hear five defining moments from each of us, five critical choices, five pivotal people. I've really traveled. <laughs> it's been a long life, long 25 <laughs> years. Yeah. No kidding. Okay. Are you, do you have your defining moments Oh, I'm stuff? ready, man. You're ready? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Can I hear them? Yeah, I would like to. Okay. My first defining moment, I've mentioned this a couple times, um, my brother's accident. So again, quick synopsis, my oldest brother got into a car accident when I was in grade 11, um, and he was in a coma. He had to relearn how to walk and talk. Uh, and he still has a brain injury that he deals with from it. That was huge for me because in positive and negative ways, because it was kind of like the loss of who my brother was and having to still to this day come to terms with that loss that's very real while also accepting this new person, basically. Right. Because his his personality changed so much through that Um through that accident and our relationship changed so much as well right and I think also because it really taught me positively a sense of community because we were from kind of like a it's not super small but it feels small um kind of small town and we just had like such an outpouring of support from the community around us and stuff like we'd come home and people would be like mowing our lawn oh, um wow. and like cooking dinner for us and stuff and like 
like offering to like work in our parents store for free like just different crap like that and I had never really felt that sense of community before that moment and I think also defining for me because it really helped me to come to understand like just how important like my family was and also how strong we were as a team how do you think that that changed your personality um I think because like dealing with something that traumatic so young um it made me have to get a handle on um overcoming guilt surrounding my feelings because something that I really struggled with at the time was that I was actually quite angry towards my brother because I felt like I was being robbed of like my high school experience basically because when you're that age there's nothing else you know what I mean like there's nothing beyond hanging out with your friends and getting to do what you want to do because you're like a selfish teenager yeah like I think I think accepting that like that was not only his trauma but also mine and everyone else's in my family and that was affected by it Mm -hmm. um and that was a big one but also like I learned in that moment like what complete selflessness feels like because because our relationship changed so much like Aaron really we just did not get along after his accident it was really really hard it was literally like me dedicating so much time and getting I don't want to say nothing in return but like it, it was like a, it felt like a fruitless endeavor for so long because it's been such a long recovery process for all of us. So I think that those were like the big things that like I took from that personality wise. Do you feel like you kind of discovered unconditional love as well in that time because he was so different? Um, I think that I still struggle with that because like I have such a hard time completely letting go of my brother. I might cry. <laughs> um, because... I, oh, wow, this is, like, so bad. <laughs> this is going to be, like, this is going to be an intense podcast. We're, like, five minutes in, and I'm, like, I just want to turn my head. I think that it's hard for me because I really still try to, like, hang on to, like, these few memories that I have of my brother before his accident because, like, I think I think right after his accident happened for a long time I consoled myself and comforted myself by being, like, you know what? I got to spend the majority of my life with my brother and now yes like he's he's different and things are different between us but at least I had that and now because it's been quite a while and like I'm getting older obviously having to to make that shift of being like okay like that's not reality because the majority of my life will actually be spent with this new person right and and adjusting to this new relationship and so I feel like I'm still grappling with that feeling of being like oh like (laughs) I have to really basically get over it and like let go of that person so that I can accept him more fully and I can like let that relationship flourish because I think he's ready for that but I feel like I still feel so guarded about it do you feel like you you, do you feel like you guys have a relationship now um yes but like it's so minimal it's 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 not like anything compared to what it used to be Mm -hmm. um and and I think that yeah, it's it's just funny because, like, it's not like I had, like, a really, 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 like, tight bond to my other brother either. But it, it never, it's not like it ever bothered me. But I think with Aaron, it's harder because we did have that and now it's not there. So even if we have a relationship that's maybe, maybe like, more similar to me and my other brother, it's, like, it, it doesn't feel right because it's not the same as what it used to be. Yeah. That's a big one. Oh. Thank you for sharing that, though. That's very Anytime. Nice. Here's four more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Getting fired was definitely a defining moment for me. 
this like changed like the very course of my life because right before getting fired from my job I was really in a in a stage of being like ugh, like I have no idea what I'm gonna do I have no idea how I'm going to be more than this and I was feeling so frustrated because I I wanted to be more so badly and I felt like that's that I was meant for more kind of thing but I just had no idea how that was gonna happen and so getting fired was something that first was like such a horrific experience because I was so embarrassed I felt so like worthless and useless and just like wow really what am I gonna do now Mm -hmm. and then that turned into why I started doing this as a job which has led to so many other projects and me meeting so many people getting to do so many things travel like and you know become more financially stable like all of these kinds of things like that changed the very course of my life so thank you so much for firing me and <laughs> suck my dick. What did you... Sorry, I'm going to just ask you questions. Go ahead. <laughs> what did you think you were meant for when you were in that position? See, I don't think I knew. Like, it's not like I was like, I'm meant to be an influencer. I just yeah. I just felt like this, this can't be it. Right. Like, this can't be all there is because this is so boring what when you daydreamed I'm assuming you daydreamed when you daydreamed what is what did your life look like at that point in in your daydreams I think that it wasn't really me daydreaming in terms of being like oh like I'd love to have a house like this or whatever like stuff like I I think it was more so um me being like how how do people get the opportunity to travel how do they afford to buy a house how do they get to that like I just wanted to know more so how rather than what Mm. um because I just wanted to get going (laughs) on it you know yeah you just felt like your life wasn't like started yet yeah and so I think I think that was something that it, it really was one of the best things that could have ever happened to me Actually, that's an interesting question. Um, when do you feel like your life really started? I know, obviously, like, we all started when we were born. Yeah. But I feel like there's a moment when you're like, this is now, like, isn't that a quote? Now this is living. <laughs> but now like, you're really living. <laughs> yeah. But when when do you feel like that was? I want to say, I, there's two moments that stand out in my mind. Either right when I started my career as an influencer, not necessarily because of the influencer side of it, but just because that changed so much, like my thought process of like, I can do literally anything I want. I will be successful as long as I try. And like, I didn't feel like I had a limit anymore. Like I felt like I was like, no, I can do this and I will do this. Like I was so much more confident. Um, or um, the other one that I would think of is uh, in my, like throughout my relationship with Matt. Oh, wow. But I'll get into that. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, my third defining moment, um, ugh, there's going to be so many people rolling their eyes at this one, um, but my third defining moment right now would be um, learning about veganism and like the environment mm-hmm. because I feel like, so I started becoming kind of interested in learning about eating vegan and eating vegans. Uh, (laughs) I started becoming interested in learning about eating vegan and um, usually like those things kind of line up like with environmentalism and all that different kind of stuff and I think it just opened my eyes to something that I just did so habitually before I just ate and didn't think about it and didn't care and didn't pay any attention but also alongside that I just used and used and used plastic and all kinds of shit because I just wasn't thinking about it because it's just conveniences right right um but through learning about that I think that really caused me to like it just sparked my 
passion, I guess, for focusing on how I am contributing to negative things, uh, where I can reduce waste, uh, feeling proud of little choices every day. Um, and that has really changed, like, I feel like a lot of me as a person because deciding to be less wasteful, deciding to minimize your um, contribution to harm, mm. it's ridiculous how many um, things that bleeds into. Right. So I think that's a big one. Number four, this is also one that I feel like people will be like, are you joking? Mm. Um, but getting engaged. <laughs> I think that's a pretty defining moment. I know, but it's like, ugh, everyone gets engaged. Who cares? Um, But, like, I think that it was such a defining moment for me because um, I have always been a person who's really struggled in relationships, um, specifically with over-the-top, severe jealousy, feeling really not stable or, like, confident in the relationship and feeling like, um, like, they could they could leave me at any moment they don't really love me they don't mean what they say to me and stuff like that and it was so interesting because I didn't think that like getting engaged would change anything for me but it was like it literally felt like I just felt everything dissolve inside of me when that happened and I was like oh wow I feel like I don't have to worry anymore yeah which obviously I mean who knows what will happen like it's it's not like it's not like the odds of like us breaking up or whatever have changed at all no just because you have like a rock on your finger (laughs) yeah exactly but like but I think that moment was because moving in with partners and stuff like that and you know becoming official and all that kind of crap none of that ever felt like a commitment to me Mm -hmm. to me I was like that's just that's just what makes sense yeah, but you also moved in with your partners quite quickly. Yeah, but it's because it I was didn't, economical. Well, and yeah, I was like, this just is what makes sense. Like, it's it's logic because you're over here all the time anyways, or I'm over at your place all the time anyways. We live in an expensive city. Why do this? Yeah. And I just wasn't, it wasn't something I was ever scared of. My parents kind of let me, like, you know, make those kinds of decisions and stuff um, for myself. And so none of those things felt like a commitment to me. Whereas I think they did for my partners, but when we, when Matt and I got engaged, that was like, oh, wow. Like, this is actually a commitment yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, like all your fears kind of were So dissipated, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so good, though. Yeah. And then I think my fifth, I wrote down moving out, and then I crossed that one out. This is such a small thing, and I know that if my dad listens to this, he's going to be like, what? <laughs> I had a boyfriend in high school, um... And he was a couple years older than me. And this resulted in like a lot of conflict because I was still in high school. He was 18. I was 16. Um, And he would go out drinking a ton. He would go out with his friends, like all the, and I couldn't go. And it resulted in like so much animosity between us and like mostly me towards him because I just really, really, really struggled with all of this stuff that, like, I wasn't there for. I was so jealous. I was so insecure. Um, And I, on top of that, I felt like he was going out and, like, partying without me. I didn't know who was there, what was going on. I didn't trust his friends, all that kind of stuff. And so we would just fucking scrap. Like, him and I would just, like, argue and argue and argue and argue and argue. Like, it was ridiculous. It was so bad. Um, And I remember one time my dad said to me, he was like, he, he like sat me down basically and he was like, you're not being fair. He was like, your expectations of this person are so extreme. You don't want him to like 
basically have a life outside of you and that's like so unfair and to me that was such a pivotal moment because before that time obviously I'd like gotten in trouble with my parents before and stuff like that but like I had never had my dad be like I'm siding with someone else well that's like almost questioning your character right well and and I think that for me it was something where I was like at first I was like so upset by it because I couldn't believe that my dad would say that to me because I'm like how could you take his side and not mine but that's something that I've like continually referred back to because it's true like it's so easy to feel like your partner should do everything especially when we're younger like you feel like your partner should be doing this my partner should be doing that blah 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 well and and not to mention at 16 your world is so small yeah exactly they are your world but you're not theirs because their world opened up like crazy yeah and I, and I think that for me like I, I always go back to that and I'm like am I being fair or am I expecting this person to do absolutely everything that I want and not have their own life, which doesn't lead to a positive relationship anyways. Right. Um, so I think that was a big one for me. And you obviously, you do agree with like what your dad oh, said. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Ugh, fathers impart so much wisdom. <clears throat> what, uh, what are your five dividing moments? Okay. So with very little notice <laughs> i'm i, I guess slap this together <laughs> yeah i guess i'll go in um chronological order of my life oh wow <laughs> with with no notice the chronological like, yeah well because chronological was... and alphabetical <clears throat> that is me um but well i was just thinking when i was listening to yours i was like oh okay this makes sense to do it like chronologically okay so i guess the first thing that would have really defined my redefined myself would be um moving from my my dad's house to my mom's house because my parents uh split up when i was nine months old so they always lived apart for my basically my whole like a life i don't remember them being together and i lived with my dad and my brother lived with my mom until i was 12 and then when i was 12 um i kind of just was like i wasn't really that happy at school and i think that i don't know if i just was kind of sick of being an only child or whatever my dad was um pretty paranoid like he um was really scared that things were going to happen to us like if we were out by ourselves or whatever yeah like we weren't allowed to walk to school by ourselves and stuff like that and so funny you would normally think that's kind of the role of the mom yeah to be yeah yeah but my dad was he was just like that I think that like the thought of something happening was just so overwhelming like paralyzing yeah exactly so he anyway it was just um it was hard to grow up and be a preteen yeah like that I think because you want you need to branch out a little yeah and so I did make the decision to move from my dad's house to my mom's house and wow was that a hard I like trying to break that news yeah I was in grade six and I um lived my grade six year on the other side of the lake (laughs) because we lived on opposite sides of the lake um and I think it was just so redefining because when I look back I wonder what my life would have looked like had I stayed in that area it's it's really crazy to me too that you made that decision alone at 12 yeah like that's that's a big that's a big decision and like a big possible conflict right it was and it was really really sad I remember um oh my gosh I don't want to cry (laughs) hey man I've already gotten into it so (laughs) it was just so hard because volleying that ball back to you (laughs) yeah he I just remember telling him that I wanted to move to my mom's and I remember him saying like oh my gosh like what 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 am I doing wrong oh (laughs) what can I do differently 
and i remember we had (laughs) we had had like this conversation where i was upset because his like his head like shed a lot so there would be hair in the tub Uh and so i he like went to shower like downstairs Mm -hmm. and then um he had started showering upstairs again and i was like dad like there's so much like hair in the tub and like whatever and so when i was telling him this like a couple days later that i wanted to move he's like i can shower downstairs (laughs) oh no (laughs) oh my gosh i'm literally sitting here crying (laughs) (laughs) and i remember this is just a side note but i remember uh having watched this jerry uh jerry jerry lee lewis sorry movie um earlier and that song is like i'm just asking i'm a real real good and then jumping in the job that like really upbeat song i had to keep singing it in my head so that i wouldn't cry Aww. so because i wanted to like try and be strong for my dad basically yeah um but i it, i definitely broke his heart by doing that um and i wish that i hadn't broke his heart by doing that but i mean what i had to i just i felt that i wanted to do that and, and do you do you, would you change it looking back um that's a hard one because my dad has since passed (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. so i mean of course i want to go back and spend every freaking waking waking moment moment with him but i think that i was a young woman who probably needed a female figure yeah exactly and i had already started being worried about things like my period and being able to talk to my dad about stuff like that or yeah you were kind of entering into that age where like you really like like yeah female figure is so important because it's so much more um like comforting in a way yeah and i mean who knows what would have happened but that is i just feel like that's so defining because it completely changed the course of my my story yeah basically by moving over there um we would have never met yeah we wouldn't have (gasps) yeah i doubt oh my goodness that's such a sad i'm gonna cry all over again (laughs) (laughs) so i would say that that's number one okay um and then I guess I would have to say meeting my first boyfriend was very defining. (laughs) Um, My first boyfriend I was obsessed with. You don't understand. (laughs) You guys are probably listening being like, ugh, same. No, 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 (laughs) no. You don't understand. (laughs) I would challenge that anyone (laughs) loves anyone more than I loved my first boyfriend. (laughs) And like this, this is a sick love. Like it was not healthy at all. It was definitely first love. And I remember people talking about like puppy love and like, oh my gosh, like you'll grow out of it and stuff. And I just, I hope when I have kids that I'm never like that. And I know I won't be, um, because that was such an intense feeling for me. Well, and I remember even, um, the one time you were talking after you guys had broken up and I think you guys have been broken up for quite a while at this point I remember you saying to someone you were having a conversation with another friend and you were like when does it stop hurting oh fuck I remember that and like I you just like I think that you carried that for a I think you still in a way carry it but yeah I I I still love him Mm -hmm. I love him in a very different way yeah um and I do, yeah. I mean, I feel like your first love is, you do carry that with you, yeah. regardless. And I, I took so many positives from that relationship. I really did. But there were also a lot of really, really dark times. Yeah. Um, And a lot of, like, lasting issues that came from that relationship and stuff. Um, And it really, it changed who I was as a person, for sure. Because before I met him... Um, well, I should say before I started dating him because I actually met him like long before I started dating him, but, 
um, I was like basically a straight A student. I was always going to like the sewing room at lunch and just doing extra work and like very wholesome. I was a very wholesome yeah kid and after I met him it wasn't his fault I chose (laughs) I chose to do this but it definitely I wanted to be the cool girl I wanted to go to parties and like drink and um just yeah try to I guess fit into his lifestyle yeah and it really it it changed me like it changed the whole trajectory of my high school experience and of my life for a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I mean, I can't say if that's like a positive defining moment or a negative one. I think I, both. It can be both. You know? Yeah. I think so. And um, yeah, I don't know. That's a hard one. Number three, I would say is starting at Cactus Club. Oh, yeah. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, when I moved to Edmonton, which I'll talk about later, um, I started with Cactus Club and it really it did change my life because cactus became like my everything my everything for the next like basically eight years yeah um again for those of you who don't know (laughs) (laughs) cactus is a uh, casual fine dining restaurant that i worked at for eight years (laughs) (laughs) and i met so many uh really inspiring women there i met really great uh, mentors both male and female um i really learned a lot about myself I don't know. I went through so many different times with Cactus. Like I was uh, in a really like young party phase with them and had them sit me down and be like, yo, what's going on? (laughs) Yeah, chill out, man. (laughs) Basically. And then um, I also went through a really big like transition with them when I was traveling with them and stuff. And it just like it really it really blossomed me into the woman that I am. And because I traveled with them so much, it was almost like the the mentors that we had there like the managers is what I'm talking about when I say mentors um they they almost were like your not your parents but they gave like the same parent like parental advice almost right because they were always usually like a lot older than me um and they could kind of impart wisdom and a lot of who I am today especially confidence wise like when I yeah I was just about to say I think like I think I'm sure you'll I'm sure quitting cactus is somewhere on your list as well. Um, But I think cactus from my perspective as an outsider, I think cactus was a huge part of your confidence for years and years and years, because it was something that you felt so sure of. You, you knew you were good at your job. You knew you worked hard. You knew what you were doing basically. Yeah. And so to let that go was kind of saying, okay, I'm going to let go of everything I've worked towards. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I think it taught me how to be respectful of myself as well because a lot of the women that did um, travel with Cactus uh, to do the openings and stuff like that, that's where we like open a new store together. They were such strong, independent um, women who really respected themselves. And I'm not saying I disrespected myself before, but I I just grew so much as a Well, and, as and a I woman. think maybe didn't give yourself as much credit maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was just, yeah, it was defining, of course. Yeah. yeah it was huge for me to work there. Um, so thanks, Cactus. <laughs> yeah, obviously a defining moment was my dad passing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I said in the last podcast that uh, my dad passed three years ago from cancer and I ended up, I was living in Toronto at the time. I can't believe it's been that long. I know. It kind of doesn't, I mean, I'm sure it feels different for you, but it doesn't feel that long. I don't know, man. It feels like, sometimes it still feels like he's alive. Yeah, it feels like forever and and no time at all so yeah I'm sure back and forth yeah and um something that's really hard actually is succeeding now oh no <laughs> because oh, oh frick. no <laughs> who's cutting onions in here <laughs> 
because you know even when we launched the podcast like you want to share it yeah the he's, first he's looking down man oh yeah he, he's he subscribed <laughs> <laughs> he's probably like how are you make how are you gonna how are you gonna make your rent what's uh how are you gonna make money off that <laughs> yeah probably but yeah it is it's it's something that probably a lot of people who haven't experienced the loss of loss of a parent don't think of is that when you do achieve these huge life goals you go to reach for your phone and they're not there yeah so yeah that sucks but um anyway i was living in toronto and uh we got the call that you know he was had cancer and i was originally just supposed to come back and take care of him while he got the surgery to get it removed basically yeah and then while i was in Kelowna there to deal with his like post-surgery we realized that it was terminal and yeah and that he yeah he basically was given like three months or so mm-hmm. and um i went through that time and when i arrived in Kelowna, i was still kind of living like the high life like the party life going out to really fancy dinners and working and then spending all my money and then working and spending all my money hanging out with celebrities and stuff like that and then i came back to Kelowna, and you know it just ripped away that whole sort of like well, everything you were in that moment. Yeah. And what your life looked like. Yeah. And I I wasn't angry. Yeah. Um, I was happy that I could be there. But it was very grounding. Yeah. And then um, ha- not having to, but of course having to, um, take care of my dad and figure out how we were going to basically get through the day every day. Yeah. It made me grow as a person. It, it's, I would say, if I could pick a defining moment, this is the one yeah um because i'm a completely different person today and it's so sad that obviously it's tragic that that had to happen but i am so grateful that i took this and became a person that i like i took something that was so it was inevitable there's nothing i could have done um there's nothing anybody could have done i mean we had a team of doctors nobody could do anything and i i made myself well i mean he made myself really in into someone that i i like and other people like i'm so much more compassionate today um more laid back more understanding level-headed um you know i'm more self-aware like all of these things are because i had to go through that experience yeah and he trusted me with a lot in that time and trusted me that i could take care of him and that i could take care of his house and i had a lot of responsibility in even after his passing yeah and it really shaped me to being the person that i am today and um if i could go back and be the person that i was and still have my dad i would do it in a heartbeat yeah of course course. (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know and i would hope that a little guardian angel would be like go see your dad (laughs) yeah he'll just teach you how to be a good woman anyway um but I'm glad that it was not all for naught and that I didn't just go back to Toronto and go back to living my old ways yeah, and yeah. basically being a shithead. And then I guess my last one, um, not I guess, but um, my, yeah, I, oh, it's hard because this is such a defining moment too, but um, moving in here, moving in with you and um, I was going to say meeting you, but I'm going to put you in my pivotal people, so... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, moving in here and just being uh, so close to the inspiration that you bestow on me, and I am a very sappy person, so I <laughs> I have texted Sam like multiple times throughout our friendship when we didn't live together, basically the same thing. Um, but that she like always inspired me, and that every time we hung out, I was just like, oh my gosh, like this is like another aha moment. But because we went so 
long without seeing each other that aha moment eventually fizzled out yeah and now because i live with you like there's no there's no time because if it starts to fizzle you're like what the fuck yeah <laughs> like you're worth so much more than this like give yourself like the credit and you know what i mean mm-hmm. um so moving in here has like redefined my entire life like my my life and who i am looks so different even now than it did like even three months ago yeah just because of how much um i don't know yeah i don't i don't want i don't want to keep saying inspiration but yeah just like being here and in this like space well what a perfect segue into my first critical choice okay (laughs) um so my one of like my first critical choices uh is moving in with Alyssa. wow (laughs) um so just to give a little timeline here um Alyssa moved in in October of 2018 and that was kind of like when I was like literally just like right at the tail end of a like the worst depressive state of like my life and Alyssa for me has always been someone that has like really really helped me with depression because um even like when I was dealing with it in high school and I didn't really know what it was yet and I just felt like I didn't want to do anything there's like a lot of like little moments um that I had with you that really helped take me out of that even if only for a little bit Mm. um and so (laughs) it's funny because um there was a few people that are that were like oh this is probably a bad idea it's never a good idea to like move in with your friend um (laughs) and we actually did like we've we've always like remained friends um but we've gone like months without talking to each other because we just were busy and doing our own stuff and we didn't live anywhere near each other for a long time Mm -hmm. um but matt actually was like do you think it'll be like really like good for you when Alyssa moves in? He's going to love that I make his voice sound like that. Um, (laughs) He was asking if if I thought it would be like a a really positive thing or if I would be happier. I think he said, will you be happier? And I was like, I I mean, I don't know. Like I was like, I don't think it's going to make like a difference on whether or not I'm depressed, you know? Uh, Wow. Like completely changed everything. Um, (laughs) I feel like I'm so much more able to be productive. I feel like I'm so much more able to get like, like even just like day-to-day tasks done because I have somebody to do them with and I think that I didn't realize like truly how lonely I was in my personal life because obviously day-to-day because of what I do for a living I'm interacting with a ton of people like like hundreds and thousands every single day I'm interacting with tons and tons and tons of people like it's not like I'm ever alone in that sense but I didn't realize how alone I truly was yeah (laughs) and I didn't have you know that of course I had like friends and stuff like that but no one that was like such an anchor like that in a friend kind of way because Matt can only take so much you know (laughs) um (laughs) but uh yeah it just it it made me feel like so much more productive I do feel like it's helped with my depression a ton not to put them on your shoulders but if you ever move out I I don't know what I don't know what to say (laughs) Um, so my my tendency is safe for now (laughs) yeah um but yeah that was that was a huge critical choice for me I'm glad I'm a good. <laughs> I'm glad I'm a good vibe for you. <laughs> no questions for Melissa on that one. She's like, I'll take it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. My next critical choice. I'm going to start with the ones I think are silly first. That was not silly. Uh, I'm going to think start with this one, which is I, I think people will think is silly. Um, getting dogs. <laughs> I don't think that's silly. was like such a critical, critical, critical choice in my life because. I, um, getting Arrow 
which is my first dog. And then we got Kuma later on, like a couple years later. Getting Arrow completely changed um, my ability to deal with literally anything. That really helped absolve a lot of my fears of um, uh, being alone, um, going through breakups. Just like having Arrow made me feel so comforted and like this companionship that was never like not there um such loyalty kind of thing and also because it was something to take care of and so when I was in like depressive states and stuff like that I still had to take my dog out I still had to feed it and you know like it like do all of these little things that like it really does help you just get moving so that you can do stuff for yourself as well and then we got Kuma and obviously my heart grew 10 sizes that day (laughs) I love my Kuma girl. And and yeah, like I just honestly, like my dogs mean so much to me. If I'm having a really bad day, like I can just lay with them and I feel so, I feel so good and so comfortable. And um, like I know everything's going to be okay because I'm like, no matter what happens, it doesn't matter. I have my dogs. My dogs love me. <laughs> That's never going to change. Like my dogs don't know about my mistakes, yeah. you know? And it's like, it's just, it's such a different dynamic having that relationship with an animal. Yeah. Oh, there's going to be people that are like, okay, this bitch is cuckoo. But no, um, but they are, they're so special. They really are. Like yeah. it's, 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 I think if you are like an, a, a pet person or an animal person, like you just know, like that's such a strong, it's just, it's, it, it literally was a huge part of me being able to get through a lot of really 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 difficult times unconditional love is huge and that's what that's what dogs bring us yeah yeah you're perfect <laughs> another critical choice was deciding to get married mm. um i oh, where do i begin <laughs> okay i have such a very deep-seated fear of divorce um my parents are still together literally my entire life growing up anytime they got into a moderate fight I would be like are you getting a divorce and they'd be like shut up like no we're not getting a fucking divorce <laughs> like let it go yeah um but it was because I, I grew up with all of my friends families were divorced and you know I would talk to them about it and I would hear these stories and I would hear how their parent talked about the other parent and to me I was like oh, this is my worst nightmare because my parents are such a huge part of my life that I just literally, I, I, I cannot imagine. Yeah. I cannot imagine. I know, I know there's a lot of people that feel like they can't imagine their parents being together and they're completely fine with it. But I think because of that, I just really want to provide for my kids eventually the life that I had like in my childhood. And so making the decision to get married for me was like really letting go of the control that I have over that situation because who knows if we will or will not get divorced fingers crossed yeah (laughs) um but I mean you know things happen and if something happened it's just me having to say okay I don't have control over that situation and I think as like terrifying as that was it's also been kind of like a liberating experience as well right yeah it's not like the end of the world basically no and I think it was just kind of like accepting that like even this thing that I'm so terrified of and that just makes me like just crazy to think about and it would change the course of my life in so many ways I will move past it if that like did happen god forbid right so that's a big one yeah um and then my last two critical choices kind of go hand in hand so I'm just going to discuss them together 
for sake of everyone having to listen to the, me rant about this. <laughs> number four and number five is deciding to go on antidepressants again and deciding to go to therapy. Huge, huge, huge change in my life. Um, I was very against both for different reasons, um, but embarrassment was a large part of both of those things. And wanting to be okay on my own and not having to rely on something else was also a huge part of both of those things. Um, therapy is what came first for me. And that was really, really, really hard for me to say, okay, I'm going to do this. Um, but when I did, it just, I couldn't believe how different it made me feel because again, I talk to people all the time. I would, I was at a point where like I was, I was talking to Matt about it. I was talking to my parents about it. Um, you know, I talked to friends about it and stuff like that and be like, I'm having a really hard time. And I was like, therapy is going to be no different. Like when I call people or when I talk to people, it doesn't change anything. You know right. what I mean? So why would it be any different just paying someone <laughs> to, to talk to them? Um, but it, it completely changed my life in so many ways. I feel like it brought me to a point where I could more clearly look at the situation and be like, okay, I can do all I can. But there, at the end of the day, there still is a chemical imbalance that needs to be dealt with right and I'm choosing to now deal with that through means of medication and um that was a really hard decision for me to make I went back and forth with it for quite a while and you know my therapist had recommended it for a few sessions in a row and I eventually was like fine (laughs) um but it, it made a huge difference for me as well yeah I think it helped me get to a place where I can work the way that I like to work which is um consistently and (laughs) vigorously um because I I wasn't able to do that for years like literally years do you feel like are you still on antidepressants yeah oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah. do you feel upset that you have to be on these still no I think I've gotten over it quite a bit but I guess that there is a part of me I have kind of like a a fear that I haven't really explored yet of being on medication for extended time because I, I'm just like this can't be good right <laughs> like there must be something going on like because this isn't like natural quote unquote um not like anti-science or anti-medication at all just so people just so that's clear yeah um but I, I there's just it's some weird little thing that I that floats around sometimes um I don't think I'm bothered by it. I think that I wonder and worry in a way if I will get to a place where I can actually go off and it's not a problem. Right. Because I think, honestly, like getting used to antidepressants is like really hard on Mm -hmm. your body. At least it was for me. Um, And so I'm like, ugh, I just do not want to have to go through like getting off of it and then being like, oh, fuck, not even ready. Uh, Not even close. And then having to go back on and deal with all of those like side effects again. Can you take antidepressants while you're pregnant? Great question. Uh, I believe so. That maybe there might be like some types that you can't, but yeah, I'd have to look into it. Hmm. Sam's not pregnant. Just everybody. <laughs> I was just curious. Is that okay with your current situation? <laughs> yeah, with that bun in the oven. <laughs> no. Um, Alyssa, I'd love some of your five critical choices. Okay, so the critical choices were something that set you on a path. Yeah, positive or negative. Okay, I guess we'll do this chronologically again. (laughs) 
So just to be consistent. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think moving to Edmonton was a critical choice. I graduated high school and decided to move to Edmonton with a different boyfriend. Um, and it was awful. (laughs) I did not have a really good experience. Um, and it was really hard for me and I learned a lot in that experience, but it was also the first time that I moved out and, um, kind of learned how to, yeah, be on my own. Like fully independent. Yeah. And it was really scary. Um, especially being in a new city. I don't know if I would recommend it. I know that you did the same thing and it was fine, but I think had I moved well, out. touch and go. <laughs> yeah. The, well, the difference too is that I didn't have any family in Edmonton. Yeah. you And your parents did live here at that time. Yeah. So I was very far from any like real support system. It was really hard to be, feel so alone when things weren't going well. Do you feel like um, because that was like really like one of like the first like big decisions you made as like a person on your own. And because it was a negative situation, do you feel like then that kind of scared you for like future decisions that you had to continue to make of like being independent? Like, like not at all. No, I don't think so. I think that it was a big learning experience for me. Yeah. Um, to make sure that you're ready to kind of make commitments like that. Um, and I did not move out again for a couple years. Yeah. And when I did, I made a commitment with a friend for an apartment that also went negatively. Yeah. So I think that it really made me scared to trust people, I guess. Yeah. And trust them so closely with me because I feel like your parents, like I lived with my mom. Yeah. Right. Like they, they're not going to screw you over basically. Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully. Um, but people kind of just kept like letting me down, I guess. And so that was really hard, but I don't, I don't know. I don't think it made me scared. Mm. Yeah. I think that it was just kind of like poopy. Yeah. Yeah. But on the other side, moving to Edmonton, that's where I started with Cactus. And so again, I kind of made something good out of such a really like hard situation. Yeah. Um, and the other girl that I lived there with, she stayed there and ended up having a family with her two beautiful children. So, I mean all's well that ends well yeah yeah so there you go I guess after that it would be being in the party scene oh yeah that was a critical choice that I made um you know kind of being like a bar star and stuff like that and kind of staying there too long I just if I I'm not gonna dive deep but if I can just say anything it's like just be really you know careful with what what the choices you're making when you're young are yeah because it you know the the club scene and stuff like that can look so glamorous and so um shiny and it's not forever yeah (laughs) you know and um you can really do some damage to your emotional health when you are constantly seeking approval of people in that life as well yeah so yeah being in the party life was a huge critical choice um that I wish that I never made (laughs) we'll talk about that another day (laughs) I think traveling with cactus probably came next um so I made a really huge decision when I was I guess like 19 I think 19 or 20 to open um a restaurant with cactus I was just like a, a trainer um and they were opening a new restaurant but it forced me to get out of Kelowna which is where I grew up and well out of really like more familiar grounds too yeah I I moved to Saskatoon (laughs) Saskatchewan and uh, I really enjoyed it and it was really wholesome I can't believe I was born in Saskatoon first of all (laughs) so I can say these things I can't believe it it's so you don't understand wherever you live I 
unless it's Saskatchewan, you don't understand <laughs> the how cold. cold it is. And like the mosquitoes are so big, they can freaking fly away with you. Anyway, carry on. I loved the cold, number one. Lol. Yeah. It was like negative 50. And I remember walking home in my big parka with my boyfriend at the time. And I smoked cigarettes at the time. So we were smoking cigarettes. But romance. <laughs> romance. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I just have so many good memories. And at the beginning, I was still like drinking a lot, actually. And then that was kind so of... that was keeping you warm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that was kind of like a huge moment for me because I morphed into like from this person who was like drinking all the time and like, you know, making a fool of myself basically. And then into this person who had a lot of responsibility and was really respected in her job and stuff like that. And it was just... It was, yeah, it was a choice that had I not made it, I don't know where I would be now. Yeah. You know, because like all these choices were like intertwined. Um, and I will have you know, I played many a capture the flag in right. Saskatoon and I loved it. Cool. After that, I guess it would be my decision to join a capture the flag team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, leaving the party scene. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, another uh, critical choice. I... I still obviously drink alcohol sometimes, um, but I don't go out and like party. I'm not looking for like, I guess, attention from people in that scene or whatever. Um, and I still, I mean, I still like to have like... I dabble. Yeah, I still like <laughs> to have fun, but um, it's not a, a big part of my life anymore. Was there a specific moment that you were like, oh, okay, this has got to stop? Or was it more so something where you're just like, I'm over this? I still stopped because my dad was sick yeah so it was kind of like you, you couldn't really. I couldn't yeah how yeah. was I gonna go out partying with people and drinking and stuff when you know my dad's sick at home yeah um but there were many a moment <laughs> where I you know had woken up and I was like oh, like I don't even remember it's so interesting I'm gonna talk about this more um in my pivotal people part but um, Matt, my partner, um, it like deals with addiction, uh, and he went to rehab and all this. And it's interesting because when he talks about when he was using, he never had that moment of being like, what the fuck am I doing? Mm. Never. And like, he, he, he also said like, um, a week before he went to rehab, his girlfriend at the time was like, we need to stop. Like, this is crazy. Like we have a problem. And he was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, there were so many nights when I would be going to grab another drink from the fridge and I would be like actively telling, I'm really embarrassed to say this, so <laughs> keep that in mind, everybody. Um, but I would be actively telling myself, like, you don't need another drink. Like, don't grab that drink. Don't do it. And I would be pouring it. Weird. Yeah. So it's like I knew <laughs> Yeah, yeah. that this was destructive behavior was or whatever. Yeah. I'm, I, and I, I'm not saying I was an alcoholic or anything like that. Like, I know that that's like a huge thing. But for me, being in the party scene was like a huge part of my life and it was a huge like it became a negative thing well and I think it became your identity it was my identity yeah absolutely I I, I really had to find myself when I left the, the party scene because I distinctly remember and I know I said this to you when I came back from Saskatoon actually um which is way before my dad passed um but I wasn't like I was a very responsible person at that time and I was coming back to Kelowna and one of my <laughs> friends um messaged me and said Alyssa Anderson without the party I don't even know who that is yeah um that makes me so angry I know I've said this to you before but uh, I feel so for sorry for them that they don't know you without the party <laughs> thank you that's everything you are and more yeah and uh it I think that it's easy to get lost in that and that's all I'll say on that and then the last one I would say 
hands down uh, quitting my job with Cactus. Yeah. Yeah. Even though they were such a positive part of my life, quitting that um, stable job really changed everything that I am now. Like doing the podcast, becoming an actor, um, fulfilling my passions. Um, I, I, again, loved my job. It was fantastic. Couldn't ask for a better company to work for for that long. Um, but there's something so different about following your dreams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So nothing about dogs in your top choices. Okay, good. <laughs> I don't have dogs. <laughs> Except for Kuma and Errol because they're my godchildren. <laughs> okay, so five pivotal people. My first – ugh, I already feel sick. Uh, my first pivotal person was my second boyfriend. This was – first of all, let me just, like, break it down a little bit. I was 18 – he was 25. He, he was in a lot of ways in a, in a position of um, power over me because I looked at him and thought, first of all, I thought he was older, so therefore more mature, had it more figured out than me. He knew better. He was a very manipulative person, so I felt like he had like kind of power over me in that way. I also perceived him as being very, very successful, and so I felt... Um, very like unintelligent and just unaccomplished because of it and that relationship and and him it really like changed so much of my life and so much of how I view myself and I'm still kind of like working through some of the some of the aftermath of that as well because it was just it was just a really 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 bad relationship like just to kind of give like a very very quick synopsis first of all he was cheating on me for months and months and months which i actually became privy to a, f- a few <laughs> people and i still stayed with him and i still i was i was reading back through messages with him wait you stayed with him after he cheated on you uh yeah I I knew that he was um like up at night like skyping girls sending nude pictures they would send you pictures back stuff like that did you tell him sorry yeah 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 that you knew yeah but the one but the one time I got mad at him once and I yelled at him and he was like don't ever fucking yell at me again and I was like okay um wow and I'm not and I'm not judging that you stayed with him I'm just surprised because I know you as a person I'm just surprised that you (laughs) stayed with him yeah not that anybody else Yeah. yeah so he had been cheating on me with multiple different people um he like in in emotional ways in physical ways he was controlling and I don't mean he was he was very like mentally controlling like he wouldn't hold my hand if I was wearing any nail polish other than black or clear he wouldn't hold my hand and like didn't like when I wore skirts or heels because that just wasn't what he liked women to wear um he liked my hair to be up um he was specific about like what kinds of makeup he wanted me to wear and stuff um very specific about the way that I talk um like even sexually and stuff like there was no like slang words at all like you had to call everything by like it's like proper name um I had to call him by his full name and call myself by my full name um which is interesting because I actually did start going by my full name because of him because I never went by my full name before that yeah um but it was something he was very particular about it was really hard because he would openly talk about how he enjoyed manipulating people and I convinced myself for so long that that wasn't what was happening to me 
-hmm. I was like, I know what I'm doing. But by the end of that relationship, I was like literally such a shell of who I once was. And I know there was a moment where Alyssa had come to visit me while I was with this person. And she was literally like, who the fuck are you? Like it was it was devastating. Yeah, it was really, really hard to see my like. And even though you were dealing with depression in high school and stuff, this is the the lowest I've really ever seen you. Yeah. Just, yeah, to see the person who was once so vibrant and so sure of herself and funny and whatever. And it was just like, oh, oh my gosh, I don't even want to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like even just he would make tons of comments about my body and stuff like that. And at that time I weighed like 97 pounds. <laughs> Soaking he, wet. Yeah. Like, but he would like make comments about my body and stuff. And like it just really led to a lot of me – not liking myself, feeling really embarrassed, feeling like I wasn't worthy of anything, feeling like I couldn't picture why anyone would like love me or want to be my friend even, um, feeling very like unintelligent, which was never something I struggled with before. Like I've always been very confident in in that part of me, but I wasn't for a long time after that. It also really negatively impacted my relationship with my parents for quite a while because obviously they were seeing this happen and it was really hard. Like it was hard for them. It was hard for me because I was just so, I was just so blinded, um, by my love for him and wanting to do right by him and wanting to do better because I just felt like if I just, ugh, like if I, if I just do this, because there was actually like a time where he said, um, I would go through like his Skype conversations with other women and stuff like that. And there was a time where I had talked to him about something that I had seen and he was like, well, I don't get what I need from you because of this reason and that reason. And if you were a better girlfriend, I wouldn't have to seek this out through other people. And that literally like destroyed me. And it's just so funny. Like when I was going back through these messages and it's it's literally like reading messages written by someone else because I was just so like desperate and I was like, please like I I can change like I I can like make things better like I'll figure it out like please 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 just give me a chance just whatever like I can I can do this like I know I can be like what you need and like all like but it was just it was such a it was it was so bad it was so bad so that relationship um and that person was a huge part of me um becoming who I am today uh, recognizing these patterns, understanding what that relationship actually was mm-hmm. versus what I thought it was. And it just, yeah, I mean, it, that, that, the things that happened in that relationship bled into so many other parts of my life that I've had to now kind of go back and like deconstruct and like rebuild. I hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to hold back and not say it, but honestly, I just, I don't, I don't know how you can be so hateful. <laughs> I, d- I don't even know if he realized. There's been times like since we um, broke up that he's reached out to me and stuff and apologized. But I think he doesn't even realize like the gravity of what he was doing and how bad it really was. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, he's 25. I feel like he was 25 at the time. Like I feel like at 25 I had a pretty good grasp of what I was doing. Yeah, I just don't like anybody that hurts my friends. (laughs) The second pivotal person for me is definitely Matt. Matt, my partner. What a sweet angel. Your fiancé. Yeah, my fiancé. Matt, oh, what a rocky road. (laughs) (laughs) Matt is someone that I have gone through probably the most, like, extensive um, change of self with. Some 
background. Matt and I have lived very, very, very different lives. And so when we were kind of coming together um, into a relationship, it was like both of us having to get so used to somebody that was so like polar opposite because Matt was raised completely differently from me. Um, He was kind of like left to his own devices, whereas like I was raised in a more strict household, Um, huge family presence for me, uh, whereas like his parents were you know, off like they ran a, a really large business for his whole childhood. And so they were like often very, very wrapped up in that. So that was, you know, his kind of childhood. And that led to, um, you know, him getting into his like drug addiction and stuff like that, uh, which went on for years, him going into rehab, that whole experience and stuff like that. And also the aftermath, because like you're, you know, for most people, possibly for everyone, I don't know, you're an addict kind of forever. And those tendencies exist in you and it comes out in very, very weird ways. It just, it just manifests itself. And it's, um, it's something for me because I don't drink, I don't do drugs, never been interested in it. And I, I have kind of sought out people that aren't really into that as much. And even you and I didn't have much of a relationship while you were, um, like partying and stuff because it just wasn't. I wasn't doing the things that you thought were fun. (laughs) Yeah. And like, and it just wasn't, it wasn't something I even wanted to see, you know, like I I didn't want to have to be witness to that. Yeah. Um, Well, because yeah, I'll I'll kind of rephrase that. Sorry. Um, Not that you you didn't think, yeah, it's not that what I was doing was also fun either. (laughs) (laughs) Like I wasn't, I wasn't the same person that you had met at that time. For sure. Basically. But me having to deal with that part of Matt's life and how that still is a factor um, has been a huge learning curve for me. Um, and also just, you know, Matt and I are very different in that, like, I'm very forward. I want to deal with things now. Um, I want to figure it out before we go to bed kind of thing. And Matt's very like, don't want to deal with it. Like push it away. Mm -hmm. Don't have anything to do with this, whatever kind of thing. And that does like also tie into, um, you know, addiction a lot of times as well because with coping mechanisms, such and so forth. I I just feel like there's so, there's been so many like hard things in our relationship that we've gone through together. And there was a time where like so many people were like, oh, why are you still with this guy? Why are you still with this guy? And I was like, it just doesn't, it's not over. Like that's the thing. Like we were really, really struggling. We would fight constantly. Like we would be like screaming and yelling at each other, like just having such a hard time. Like, almost broke up quite a few times actually broke up <laughs> once and then obviously got back together we bought a house together we like got engaged like all this kind of stuff happening but we've had a very very tumultuous relationship but I've learned so much and I've had to really take myself out of my comfort zone and be so patient and so understanding and so accepting of saying I don't understand but I accept mm-hmm. that that's how you think and that's your experience and really having to separate the two as well because I think before I felt pretty strongly about being like well this is us this is what we are going through Mm -hmm. and it's not true I might be going through something completely different than what Matt is going through he might be perceiving that situation so differently so I might be feeling really distant from him and struggling with that and he may be feeling the exact opposite right and I think that um through my relationship with Matt, it taught me a lot of patience, a lot of understanding, all that kind of stuff. But I think also, um, Matt's somebody who like, it's, it's really, (laughs) 
the first thing people say about Matt when they meet him is that they're like, oh, he's so refreshing, which I'm always surprised by because <laughs> I think he's going to come across as being like a dick. Not a dick, but like, <laughs> but like just he's very blonde. Yeah. And he does not like, like if you were like, oh, are you having fun? He'd be like, no. <laughs> like yeah. he would not try to sugarcoat it at all. He doesn't care about delivery. Like, and, and, um, I appreciate it about him so much because I can be completely honest with Matt. Like we can sit down and we can, I can tell him like, you know, I, I struggle with your addiction because I wasn't there for it. So I feel like I shouldn't struggle with it, but I do and blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, I can tell him even that like, I am scared to get married and I'm worried that like, what if we divorce and what if, whereas like in all of my other relationships, I felt like there was just places that I couldn't go there. Right just to like save them or whatever or like not get into the argument but with Matt it's like I can literally I can say anything there's no judgment there's no like me having to sugarcoat it or whatever it's like you can actually just talk to this person so freely and I think that that has been um such a such a positive experience for me yeah and I I that's actually how I see Matt too is that he's refreshing yeah because if he's talking to you you know it's because he wants to be (laughs) <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean yeah. like he's not gonna stay in that conversation if he ain't feeling it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> every person that's ever had Matt walk away from them right now is like oh is that what was happening <laughs> my next pivotal person is Alyssa I don't know if you've heard of her um so Alyssa you my dear very pivotal person in my life um for all the reasons I've mentioned and more yeah um yeah just uh I think Alyssa and I have also had kind of a tumultuous relationship at times. Like, <laughs> yeah. we, we've had very, very, like, long, drawn-out, bad falling-outs. But Alyssa was somebody who I knew I knew that no matter what was going on, you were there if I needed you. And a lot of the times, like, even if we were in the middle of a falling-out, which, like, sometimes these were last years, um, <laughs> even if we were in the middle of a falling-out, if if either one of us caught wind of something going on, in someone else's life like I remember at one point I had um I was going through a breakup that I was like just like devastated about and we weren't talking at that time and it was like probably one of our worst falling outs I think it was the worst yeah and it lasted a very long time and it's not like we even started talking again after this moment but you had caught wind of the fact that we had broken up and you called me Mm -hmm. and we just sat and talked like friends and then we went back to having our falling out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and eventually obviously get over got over it. But yeah. Um I don't even remember how we got over that PS. No, I don't either. Yeah. It was like so long ago. It's it in the wind. Like. Yeah. But uh yeah, like I feel like that's definitely like that feeling of unconditional love, that feeling of like support and, and, and support especially because um I think you're someone from from the get, you always really supported me, even through we're fighting in high school. You could be saying talking poorly about me but if someone else did you'd be like how fucking how dare you like like and I would always like hear about this after the fact like people would be like oh yeah like this person said something about you at a party and Alyssa was like excuse me like you you would always be in there like a fucking dirty shirt like just like having my back and stuff and like when I started doing the whole like influencer thing like you were like the first person to be like dope like this is awesome like this is so cool whereas like a lot of people were like oh this is stupid mm-hmm. <laughs> and like this isn't gonna go anywhere and you were always like very supportive so very pivotal person in my life <laughs> my therapist <laughs> is my fourth person <laughs> so she's gonna be like you guys are fucking obsessed and you need to you need to stop <laughs> she's yeah. gonna cut us off yeah. um 
but my therapist definitely has been a pivotal person in my life I notice I go to her weekly and I notice when I if I can't go to her for some reason if I'm out of town or whatever I feel it for sure like I and there's times where I'm like I don't need therapy anymore and then by the time it gets to Thursday which is like my appointment with her I'm like oh yeah (laughs) I'm ready And and I just feel like um she has helped me through so much she's helped me and Matt so much um and I feel like I've be I've been able to become more of the person that I wanted to be through her guidance and you know acceptance and and just like such complete lack of judgment because I am so fearful of judgment and I deal with it so often um that having that one hour a week where I know without a doubt I'm literally never going to say something never say never I'm probably never going to say something that she's going to be like oh you are so fucked up you know what I mean like like she she just it's just that whole experience for me um and just her as a person like it honestly it's therapy is important but like she is therapy (laughs) to me like I'm like with like I panic I panic thinking about her retiring so definitely my therapist and then uh, my last pivotal persons plural oh your parents don't act like it's a cop out yeah it's not it's just like i was like you only have one spot left who are you gonna pick and then i was like oh, okay your parents it's not i have my parents on mine too okay good um <laughs> yeah my parents were definitely ugh. like just where do i even begin um such such huge influences on my life um my parents are so hardworking. nothing is beneath them like they are very fair people well my mom once grounded me for taking a pair of her socks but other than that um (laughs) very fair people um very like emotionally there for all of us kids um they were very accepting of my partners except for the second one because he was the worst um (laughs) my friends and stuff like that like they just really embraced everything that I am everyone in my life um and like that again kind of goes into that unconditional love and feeling like I just I know that like that's never ending I'm so important to my parents and I feel that all the time and it really helps me in moments where like I'm really struggling because I can look to that fact and know like that's never that doesn't change and and it never has changed and so um, it's just like a real source of like confidence and comfort for me as well, because I know I can talk to my parents about things. I know that they, um, they try to never be judgmental. Um, they try to just listen and, you know, take what I say in confidence and not, um, you know, like hang it over my head or anything like that. Like they're just really, really, um, good people. And like, they like inspire me to be, a harder worker and to be more fair and to be more conscious of how I'm impacting people around me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> this is a little quote from my mom. My mom used to work at a garden center. She would always ask her customers um, if they had found their treasure that day. And then when my mom was doing her uh, going away party from that garden center, um, she said to them that she was like, I found my treasure in all of you. Oh. And so, mom and dad, you guys are my treasure. Oh. 
I wish that I didn't have to do mine now, so because that was the best end to a podcast that we so ever much. could have done. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to say I, I love your parents also. I think yeah. they're perfect. They're good ones. Yeah, they make a they make a mean dinner. They really do. they really do. <laughs> I think I'll start with my parents since you were just talking about yours. Um, I don't. I think that there's no way that parents can't be a pivotal part of people's lives. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm yawning. (laughs) It's getting late. Yeah. Um, Dr. Phil's really uh, cutting into my sleep schedule here. No kidding. Um, My dad literally taught me everything that I need to know on how to be the most successful, like, person in, like, the weirdest ways. Yeah. Like, he took the time to teach me the most efficient ways to do everything. Yeah. And that was huge for me. Like, even from the way that I hand groceries to people now, like he, I specifically remember him teaching me this to not hand them while you're holding the groceries, but to put your hands on both sides of the handle so that somebody can grab in the middle. Otherwise you're like fumbling, like just shit like that. Like he was, he literally, because he lived such a, um, not a, well, I don't know, but he lived a, a big life, um, living in so many different countries. He learned so much. Yeah. And he just imparted all of this wisdom onto me. And I think because I spent so much time with him when I was growing up, I really got to soak all that in. And um, <laughs> I won't cry again. But a, a big um, thing that I feel like I miss out on is now that I'm coming to the age where, like, this is where I want to soak up all of that useful information. Yeah. And, and I don't get to because he's not here anymore. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, if he gave all of this information to me up until the time I was 20. Imagine what else ugh, he has to give. The wealth of knowledge that he took with him. Ugh. And yeah. and I just think, you know, I thank him so much for taking that time. And when I was younger, it was really hard to sit there and be like kind of berated for the way that I handed my dad groceries, of course. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know, man. I The reason I was so successful in my like nine to five sort of job is because of my dad because of how he taught me to be and I think that's like what's so special is because like even though like your dad isn't physically here he's here through all of that oh yeah and like your day-to-day wisdom and your ability to be um you know like a better human and more efficient and all that kind of stuff like that is like your dad through you and I think that's like so special yeah, I I totally believe that like my dad lives on in me. Yeah. And even my mom says she's like, "Man, <laughs> you got bows." Yeah. <laughs> and uh my mom and my dad were polar opposites. I'll get to my mom in a second. But um I yeah, I really I am this stronger, you know, like independent kind of like force to be reckoned with because of my dad and I'm just ugh, I'm so glad that I had had that in my life. Yeah. Um and then my mom really taught me to be so compassionate towards people because I really wasn't as compassionate as I would hope when I was younger and I watched her kind of take in basically stray after stray whether that was like an animal or like a person yeah (laughs) and really just give like all of herself to the cause basically like whatever that cause is was. she that generous though because there was one point where i specifically asked if i could um have her nickelodeon alarm <laughs> clock and she said no so <laughs> i mean you're probably gonna have to take that up with her i don't know <laughs> maybe i'm gonna have to give her a call <laughs> however she did feed you countless granola bars 
true (laughs) (laughs) but um she does just have like such a big heart and sometimes to her detriment but um except for when it comes to alarm clocks <laughs> Sam's really not gonna let that go. It's a dope. It's the most ridiculous alarm clock. First of all, it's like forty-two different colors. It's shaped like a freaking like cartoon funhouse, and it makes like the weirdest. It's like noises. I will do it for you right now. Okay, I'm ready. Beep beep beep. Welcome to our podcast where we just replicate alarms through the centuries. Beep 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 beep. <laughs> but the long version goes like bind bind me 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 Nickelodeon I just remember the one morning I was like sleeping in your bed and that went off and like my eyes were closed and then like I, my eyes were like so open and I was like what is happening <laughs> like I was like what the fuck is that <laughs> um anyway my mom has a th- the biggest heart and um it really taught me to be kind and um compassionate and have empathy for people because i really did struggle with that when i was younger Mm -hmm. and i think that growing into a mature adult really allowed me to really accept those qualities as well because even though i had those qualities uh growing up and i knew that they were there i wasn't accepting them and then i became this mature adult and then the foundation was already laid because she had taught me how to basically be like a kind (laughs) giving person yeah so um i'm just so i'm so grateful that she has such a big heart and i know that there's so many people that she did help mama lisa good woman (laughs) (laughs) my next pivotal person would um probably have to be my uh other best friend jen um i met her through cactus and we went through so much together and when i first started being friends with her it was just like this this total friendship of non-judgment like there was nothing that i could say to her where she would like open her eyes wide or like you know just scoff or whatever like she was so understanding and um i knew that no matter what i had done she would be there for me basically yeah um and it was really important for me because uh I didn't really have anyone at the time. And um, it was really big for this person who uh, was such a strong woman as well to be compassionate towards me. She, I think it was kind of like a a trade-off. She was very um, chill, relaxed, uh, you know, not uncaring, but like just like carefree yeah carefree is what I mean yeah and I was very like high strung and I was a handful and all of this stuff and when we became really close I feel like we kind of like melded and And, like balanced each other out exactly yeah and that was huge for me as well because no (laughs) nobody wants to hang out with that old Alyssa (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah I'm so thankful for her and then I mean of course Sam huge oh we're such saps people are like get over it i know so i'll keep it short because i've said it so many times just how much of an inspiration you are and um how important it is to have such a good friend in your life because i too was very very lonely and very unhappy and uh moving in here and getting to spend so much time with you and stuff it's just like it it fills a place in my heart (laughs) i always talk about my heart like the grinch where it like fills up like a yeah like a glass or whatever and i just like mm, it's so important to have your heart feel full so um yeah i'll just i'll move on because they probably want that um (laughs) and then uh my partner glenn 
meeting him and being with him at, we actually got together when my dad was sick. Mm. So going through that with him and stuff like that and having him really, I always forget that because it feels like you got, like when I picture your relationship, it feels like it was so much like before that. Yeah. Well, because we had started seeing each other, but he lived in Australia. Yeah. Um, so we had only ever like seen each other like long distance basically mm-hmm. um and then when we actually started dating it was when my dad was sick and so w- watching him kind of deal with me throughout that because I mean obviously I was going through like the biggest tragedy that I ever will yeah. hopefully um not hopefully but I hope that that's the biggest tragedy <laughs> I don't want another one um uh, was just it was it showed me that there is a person out there who will take you at your best and at your worst and still love you and like I said in our last podcast, um, you know, he's just so kind and patient and understanding and accepting. And I really didn't believe that that existed. Yeah. And then when I, and it's not even like when I met him, it's like as, as we go through all of these new, um, I don't know, we're navigating through all of these new things. I just recognize so much more that it's like, oh man, I can't believe that this kind of person exists. Yeah. And it, it really did change the way that I, I realized my life could be with men. Oh, wow. But with man. (laughs) With one singular man. Yeah. (laughs) And then I think this one's going to surprise you. I'm not going to say his name just um, for confidentiality's sake. I was dating this guy who was actually a musician and he really was pivotal for me because again, sort of similar with Glenn, he, he did show me a lot of compassion and was very understanding of a lot of my like kind of like neuroses, I guess. Um, and that was so much earlier on too. And so I was kind I kind of got a taste of it, I think with him. And, um, moreover, I got to experience firsthand a house full of people who were following their dreams, being passionate about something, striving for more every single day. Um, And just the, like, being around that energy. And him and I would sit and talk for hours and hours and hours just about, like, the craziest things. And those moments were really important to me at that time. Because I, you know, I feel like I'm in, like, a constant state of going through a lot. (laughs) But (laughs) at the time, again, I was going through a lot. And um, it was really important to have that kind of, like, stability. And he was actually, like, one of the only people throughout that like five-year period or whatever that I like gave up going out altogether for Mm. basically and so him and I like when we were together did live a pretty um like wholesome like life together or whatever and it was just it was really big for me to have that and um yeah I just it was important for me to meet him first of all I'm not surprised I know you a little better than you think um (laughs) do you feel like getting the chance to experience that kind of like lifestyle that you had with that partner that was so different from your lifestyle before do you feel like that helped you when you did eventually move out of that party phase to be like okay there is a life outside of this and it's great and whatever or do you feel like that wasn't as much of a part um I've never thought about that before but the reason that him and I actually ended up breaking up is because I chose it over him. Mm. And I really, at the time, regretted it afterwards. But, well, not at the time. It took a long time to regret it, Yeah, I would say. But um, after that, I think I was just like, well, that was it. You know, there's, 
I'm not going to get that again. I'm not going to get that chance again because there's only so many people who are like this. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I mean, everything worked out great for for all of us involved, right? Like I have the most amazing partner. Um, he actually has the most amazing partner as well. And we both grew into completely different people. So perfect. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I think it probably was important. And it was important because I... Hmm. I liked myself. I knew that I liked myself in that moment. Yeah. So I, I guess if I could answer that, um, it's that I knew that there was a version of myself that I liked. That wasn't what you had been. Yeah. I just needed to connect the dots as to like why I liked myself when I was with that person. That's powerful. Yeah. But yeah, I guess those are, those are my pivotal people. That's pretty interesting. I feel like I learned some new things about yourself and also maybe a little bit me. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. Sometimes we go into these podcasts and I'm like, okay, we're going to tell other people. And then we end up finding stuff out about ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> so each of us asks each other like really cool questions we don't maybe normally ask each other. <laughs> yeah. 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 This has been uh, very emotionally exhausting. <laughs> what a roller coaster. <laughs> no kidding. That's it for us today, guys. Thank you so much for listening and letting us be extremely candid with you. And just very, very um, sappy and emotional. Yeah. If you guys want to be sappy and emotional, hit up the Dr. Phil website, I guess. <laughs> Not sponsored. <laughs> Write it down in your journal and just really get your heart torn out over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's it for us. And we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.